is besetted indeed. We have got a story. We have got a song. And this is our story. This is our song to praise the Savior all the day long. Not just when we are happy, not just when all things are going well, but to serve the Savior all the day long. And as we've come to praise and worship him, we now come to hear his words. Let us pray. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock, our hope, our refuge, our helper, our healer, and our redeemer. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Fanny Crosby was a registered blind, prolific hymn writer who wrote over 8,000 inspiring hymns, one of which is Blessed Assurance, which we've just sung so beautifully with the help of our choir. In that hymn, Fanny Crosby captured the fundamental point of my message today in one sentence. She penned down these words, I in my Savior, I am happy, and I am, can I hear that louder? I in my Savior, I am happy, and I am blessed. That's our confession this morning. I in my Savior, I am happy, and I am blessed. Happy and blessed not in our own strength. Happy and blessed not in her wisdom. Happy and blessed not in the abundance of her material wealth and popularity, but happy and blessed in the Savior. I suspect Fanny was talking here about the true happiness, the true blessedness that Jesus offered in his Sermon on the Mount, a happiness that is not regulated by external circumstances. Solomon, the wisest man of his day, Enjoy the happiness that is regulated by the things of this world. And in his book, Ecclesiastes, he came to the realization that all these worldly material things that we so desperately seek, yes, they bring us comfort. Yes, they are good. Yes, they make us happy. However, they can only bring us happiness to the flesh, and it will only last for a short moment. Solomon had all the wine, he had all the wealth, he had all the women, he had the wisdom, he had all the W's, they would say. Yet he felt the emptiness, the emptiness of his soul. And so he wrote in his book, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 1, he said, Vanity of vanity, all is vanity. No wonder the Bible says, what shall it profit a man or a woman if he or she will gain the whole world, will grab the whole world, will carry the whole world, and he or she loses a soul or his soul. Because the things we trade our souls for at times can only bring us happiness for just a short time. Often we say to ourselves, if only I can get that one more thing, if only I can get that promotion, if only I can get that husband, that wife, that baby, that car, that house, that business deal, if only I can get that contract, I will be so happy. I don't know about you, but I have been there. 
I have said to God, God, if only you would do this for me, oh, I will always have you. I remember when I was in the war in Sierra Leone, there was one day I was so afraid. I thought that day would be my last day in this world, and I prayed to God. You know what I did? I prayed that I committed my own body to the Lord, ash to ash and dust to dust. Just in case that day I don't come back home. But I said to God, God, if only you would save me this day when this battle is raging, I will be happy and I will serve you for the rest of my life. You might have been there praying that kind of prayer. We say, if only, if only this will happen to me, Lord, I will be happy. And we get it. And we're happy. Just for a time. And then we realize that after time, the happiness fades away and there is a longing for something else. There is a desire for something else. Over and over again, we get happy and then we get back to square one. And we all want to live a victorious, happy, and blessed life. None of us woke up this morning and say, God, help me that I will have a bad day, an unhappy day. Oh, no. We want to have a happy and blessed day. When we send texts to one another, at the bottom of our text we'll say, God bless you. Have a lovely day. We wish one another happy and lovely days and time. But this morning, Jesus lays it all out for those who will be brave enough to respond to this fourth part of the uh, Sermon on the Mount that we often call the Beatitudes, a word which comes from a Latin word, beatus, which is translated as happy, or as the Greek will say, makarios, blessedness, happiness. To put the Sermon on the Mount in context, Matthew told us in chapter 4, verse 23, which is the previous chapter before chapter 5, Matthew told us that Jesus went through Galilee, teaching this in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, healing every diseases and sickness among the people. News about him, Matthew said, spread all over the place. How did they do it? They didn't have social media. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have Twitter. They didn't have WhatsApp. They didn't have all these electronic gadgets that we had, but they spread the news all over the place. I had the story of a Sunday school teacher who was teaching his uh, pupils about how to spread the Word of God, and he got to this particular passage, and he said to the children, I want you to tell me, how would you say news about Jesus spread all over in today's language? Little Jack, old, stood up and said, I know one, I will say Jesus went viral. Jesus went viral. In other words, if Matthew was writing today, Matthew would have said, Jesus went viral. Everybody knew about Jesus and they were coming to him for healing. They brought with them all those who were healed with various diseases, suffering from severe pain, the demon possessed, those who have seizures, the paralyzed, and he healed them all. Large crowds from Galilee, from the Decapolis, from Jerusalem, from Judea, and from all the regions were coming to Jesus. From all over the region, people were coming. With no ambulance, they found creative ways to carry their sick relatives, to carry their children, to carry their friends, to bring them to Jesus. They wanted to encounter Jesus. They came expectant. They came hungry. They came thirsty. They came wanting more 
of Jesus Christ. And this crowd was coming, and that is why in chapter 5 that we read this morning, Matthew opens the gospel with these words, seeing the crowds. Friends, Jesus sees the crowd gathered here in the great hall this morning. He sees all that we are carrying. He sees the disappointment. He sees the pain. He sees the hurt, the joys, all that we are carrying. He sees, he knows, but most importantly this morning, I want to encourage you that he cares. He sees our longing for spiritual fulfillment. He sees our longing for healing. He sees our longing for true inner happiness that touches the human soul. He sees all of that. And in our gospel passage, he saw the crowds and he climbed up the mountain, a hillside overlooking the lake of Galilee. And when he sat down, Matthew said his disciples drew closer to him. Every day, friends, is an opportunity for you and I to edge closer towards Christ, to draw closer to Him, to come closer to Him, to bring our burdens, to carry all those things that we are carrying, that we are struggling under the weight of this world, to bring to Him. The hymn writer said, what a friend we have in Jesus, all our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege we have to take all these things that we are carrying to Him in prayer. If only we can say this morning, Lord, to you I bring it all, and unto you I surrendered it all. His disciples drew closer to him, and from a distance where the crowds could see him, Jesus spoke and offered new way of righteous living that brings true happiness to all people. It is a righteous living that exceeds the righteousness of the Pharisees, a righteous living that goes beyond the outward show of religious performance that draws attention to oneself, a righteousness that goes beyond judging others, thinking that we are the best and they are no good. This was the righteousness practiced by the Pharisees. And Jesus is saying to us this morning, except our own righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees, we will not inherit the kingdom. It was Pope Francis who said, I paraphrase, the Beatitudes are the most direct path towards happiness and holiness. He said they are an invitation, an invitation for us to ask for the grace of knowing how to be humble, the grace of knowing how to be meek, the grace of knowing how to work for justice and peace, the grace of knowing how to quench our thirst and to feed our hungry souls on righteousness and holiness. Jesus' words of the Beatitudes are not just for those disciples who are able to climb up the mountain with him. I wonder if some of us would have been able to climb up that mountain with him. I would have struggled a little bit, but with a bit of help, I might be there. I'm not sure Tony would have been able to do it by now. But the disciples climbed up the mountain with him, and he sat down and he spoke to them. These words are also for us, that Jesus spoke. It is a difficult path for us to understand, because it goes beyond the understanding of the humans. It goes against the current of the ways of the world. It's like swimming against the wave. It is countercultural, the direct opposite of what the world offer. And so Jesus tells us that whoever will go down that route, those are the people who will experience true happiness inward as well as outward. So Jesus starts his Sermon on the Mount with the words, Blessed. 
Blessed, oh, how happy are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. The word poor in spirit comes from the Greek word, uh, which implies a beggar on the roadside, uh, someone who had nothing to impress God, uh, and they know it. Surprisingly, it is not those uh, who keeps the law, the letter of the law, but ignores the spirit of the law. It is not the powerful, it is not the wealthy, the famous, the person who claims to have it all together spiritually that will experience his kingdom. But those who recognize how bankrupt they are, those who realize that in themselves they have nothing, those who realize that in their own self-righteousness cannot please God. This is the blessed life for those who, like the tax collector in Luke chapter 18, verse 13, will stand in the courtyard of God's temple in humble adoration, say, Lord, have mercy upon me. These are the people like the prodigal son in a state of depravity who will say, I will arise and go to my father. And I will say, Father, have mercy upon me. Take me back, for I am bankrupt. I am broken. I am poor in spirit. In that old redundant hymn, Pass Me Not to Gentle Savior, the hymn writer wrote these words, Heal my wounded, broken spirit. Save me by your grace. God knows and he sees the ups and downs in our spiritual journeys. And so this morning he says to us, who are poor in spirit, those of us whose eyes are fixed on him, those of us who are dependent on him for our daily spiritual sustenance, the kingdom of God belongs to you. The kingdom of God belongs to you. And then he paused for a moment and he said to them as well, Blessed are the mourn. Blessed are those who mourn. Those who are sorrowful about their sinful conditions. Yet, in our mournful state, there is a happiness available to us that transcends this human life. When we suffer loss, when we lose our loved ones, the Apostle Paul said to the Thessalonians, that we do not mourn like those without hope. In our mournful state, if we have Christ, we have hope. Hence those words from Fanny Crosby, I in my Savior, I am happy, I am blessed. I might be going through some difficult times in this life, but I in my Savior, I am happy and blessed. Financially things might be difficult, but I in my Savior, I am happy and blessed. My marriage, my relationship might be on the rock, but I in my Savior, I am blessed. Friends, if you got nothing this morning, leave this place with those words that the place for blessing, the place for happiness, the place to experience Christ, Christ is to be in the Savior. That is the place that you and I ought to be so that we might experience his peace and his blessings. The king in his address introduced a new kind of hunger and thirst, but it is not for the world he desires. It is after righteousness. And those who have this huge spiritual appetite, this huge hunger and thirst, for righteousness, the Bible says they will be filled. May we be filled this morning with the word of God, filled with the spirit of God to be able to face the challenges of this life. And friends, those first 12 verses of the Sermon on the Mount in which we have the Beatitudes, they invite us as a people to be countercultural. They invite us as a people to be Christ-centered, to live a Christ-centered lifestyle. So when the world is promoting greed, 
We are to be countercultural. We are to be Christ-centered, and we are to stand up for generosity. When the world is promoting self and pride, we are to be countercultural and promote humility and godliness. Where the world is promoting corruption, we are to stand up for integrity, for dignity, and honesty. Where the world is promoting injustice, so much injustice in our world, we are to stand up for justice. Where the world promotes exclusion, we are to promote inclusion, meaning all are welcome in the kingdom of God. All are welcome to reflect the life of Christ and his values as being blessed when we are poor in spirit, blessed when we are meek, blessed when we are thirsty and hungry for righteousness. Brothers and sisters, none of this is possible until we live a Christ-centered life. And that is what the Beatitudes invites us into. Until we are rooted in Christ, we cannot live as Beatitude people. And Fanny Crosby captures it very well for us with that single sentence in that hymn that we sang that we can all remember this week, that we can all remember this day, we can all remember this month. I, in my Savior, that is the place for true happiness and true blessedness. May we as servants of God embrace what the master proclaims in his sermon on the mount. Amen.